0: Good morning, Gateway family. How are you guys this morning? Good to see you guys. I am uh, really blessed to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, good to be back in the U.S. I'm in Taiwan, and uh, I'm happy to be here, but I'm freezing. Um, Taiwan is uh, kind of the same on the same latitude as Miami, so you can imagine the weather's a little different there. And I'm from Minnesota, but I, I'm a little ashamed because I think my blood must have thinned out or something. I really, I question if I can handle the freezing temperatures. Um, and Taiwan is hot in that you stay inside because it's so hot, as the same as here. It's so cold that we have to stay inside or we'll turn into little human popsicles. Um, Uh, but it's good. It's good. It's good for me to be able to get inside and do some rest. That's why I'm back here at home. Uh, I'm working with Envision, and the way that my term is set up, I do two months on the field, and then three months off as like a a home assignment, a rest period, and then two two more years out on the field. So I'm meant to be resting at this time, and it's definitely needed. So thank you, Lord, for the cool temperatures that keep me inside. Speaking of resting, uh, my aunt recently gave me this book, And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I did this when I was a teacher, I do this whenever I preach, Uh, most everything that you see and hear from me today is stolen material. Um, But don't worry, because I I source it well, the book is called Finding the I Am, it's by Lisa Turkutz, it's, I think you can buy it at Lifeway in Maple Grove, okay, so there you go, Zondervan, I don't know when the copyright date is, Uh, but uh, it's a good book, and actually, I, when my aunt gave me this book last week, so I've been back for about, I don't know, two weeks now, and my aunt gave me this book and I opened it up and I didn't even get past like to the, the actual like first, it's kind of a devotional. I didn't even get to the first week. I, I got stuck on this page and I want to read this to you guys this morning. Um, it's just a bunch of I am statements but it's, it's way more than just a bunch of I am statements so let me read them. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. How does that hit you when I read it? Just ret- think about for yourself. How does that hit you when I read those I am statements? How does it approach your heart? I was meeting with a friend this week. I meet with a lot of people when I'm home. Because that's what you do when you come home for home assignment. You go out to coffee with 35 people a week. And I don't know how you're able to do that, but I make it work and then I'm super wired. Um, But uh, I I was meeting with a friend and uh, we were chatting about those times when you're sitting in church, like you guys are all sitting in church today, you're listening to something and then the truth, the truth arrow comes and it comes right at you, right? And when it comes at you, you're like, yeah, that's so good for you. Good for you, right? That was super good truth for you. You just shift it right over to this person, right? But for some reason, we don't, we don't think it's for us. For some reason, we don't always intercept the arrow of truth, right? So I want you guys to close your eyes, and I want you to read it. I'm going to read it again, and I just want you to listen and take this in for yourself, what, these, what this truth is that, that I'm speaking out this morning. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. No matter where you guys are at today, Even this morning, our God is these things for us. Regardless of whether you're between jobs, between houses, between two people that you can't really stand this morning, or uh, like me, between two seasons of full time ministry overseas, this truth is for each of us, each and every one of us. It's not to be shifted to the next person, it's for you to receive. So I want to pray this morning. Um, I'm so excited. I really am blessed to be here, you guys. And part of that is because I know that God is present. And I love how so much of the the worship this morning goes right along with, I felt like, what God put on my heart to share with you guys. So I know God is present. I know he has something for each and every one of us, for you. So receive it today. Don't pass it off to the next person. Receive it today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for being the vine being the bread of life, being the way, the truth, and the life. God, I pray that as we come uh, together before your throne this morning to receive from you, God, that it will be your words, not my words, God. Um, It's your breath in my lungs, so I pray that as I breathe that back out, God, that it's, it's just seasoned with you, God. Um, Thank you for this church family, God. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given us together to partner in ministry around the world and also here in the Elk River area, God. And I just ask again, God, that your presence will fall in this place, God, and it will be all about you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh... I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about where I'm at in Taiwan and the program that I'm with. and uh, So I'll get back to some little nuggets of truth from this book via the Bible, via me sharing it with you this morning. Uh, But, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about my time in Taiwan. So, um, today is absolutely about the Lord, so Jesse in Taiwan is just where I'm at. Um, I'm not the focal point in Taiwan, not by a long shot, because there are way more people in Taiwan than just me. Uh, There's actually 24 million people, to be exact, Uh, 24 million people that live in a country that's about the size of Maryland and Delaware put together, and then... Right in the middle of the country, there's a big mountain range. So it's very stereotypical Asia, very, very densely populated. Um, This is actually my balcony of this amazing apartment that the Lord gave me. It overlooks the city and the river. I love how God knows, you know, the things in your heart that you really desire, and it's a silly thing, but I think even God as our Father, He loves to bless us sometimes with what we would categorize as the silly things. Um, I- I've always thought, oh Lord, I would love to live, um, I'd love to live in a city where I can see the cityscape, and I'd even love to have like the, f- the apartment they have in Friends that's like on the corner and overlooks like the intersection, and I love the river, like I like to see that too. I'm a country boy at heart so I got to see a little bit of nature in there this is my apartment like when I wake up every morning on the 11th floor this is what I get so um, it's awesome yeah it's kind of smelly sometimes and so hot that you walk outside and sweat but um, I, I love it it's a it's a it's such a cool little just like reminder from the Lord of how he he wants to bless us in the silly ways and in the big ways so uh, Taiwan's got 24 million people. The currency there is called the New Taiwanese Dollar, and it's about 30 to 1. So for every uh, one U.S. dollar, it's about 30 NT is what we call it. Uh, the language there is Mandarin, tai- uh, Mandarin Chinese. They also speak Taiwanese, but most people that I interact with are speaking, and are my generation are speaking Chinese. So I'm learning Chinese right now. I'm actually in eight hours of language school a week, which is crazy, and I feel too old to retain that kind of information. But it's good. Ni how Pretty good, right? Um, so this little graph down here, does this guy have a cool little like laser? Does it? Maybe? Yeah? No? It's OK. The circle. I've been, a, I've been a teacher, so I can do this without a laser. So everyone, please observe the circle pie, pie chart right there. Um, Taiwan is primarily Buddhist and Taoist or non-believing. So the, the, the main religions there are ancestor worship or idol worship. And then there's a little sliver, about 4.6% of Taiwan claims some form of Christianity. Only about 1.5% are evangelical Christian. There's a lot of Catholicism in, in Taiwan, which has actually been a little synchronized with some idol worship and some ancestor worship. So um, people that are claiming to be followers of Christ, about 1.5% in Taiwan. So that, by the terms of like a, a reached people group, is, is actually pretty low. Um, so there's a lot of work still left to do in Taiwan. Uh, and I'm there right now with the program, like Paul said, called Envision, and that's a missions training organization, um, and they, we have, it's a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. We have 22 sites around the world, Taipei being one of them, and each site is equipped with long-term site leaders. So long-term is anybody that's there for four years or more. So I'm there for four years uh, through the CNMA, acc- acc- accredited with the CNMA, and I have site leaders above me that are there longer term. And each site around the world, and we have a couple domestic sites in the States, uh, we have different focuses. So our focus is business as mission. So we have a coffee shop and a church that we opened about five years ago, and we do most of our ministry out of that, or out of that building. So the church actually is in the second floor of the coffee shop on Sundays, we move around the tables and have church, and we do a variety of different ministries. We have English ministry, because a lot of people in Taiwan want to practice English, we have outreach ministries throughout the week with the church, homeless ministry, red light district to some of the prostitutes in the area, um, all those sorts of different things that we're doing through our coffee shop and our church. Our coffee shop and church is called the Aroma, and we we called it that after 2 Corinthians 2.15 to be the aroma of Christ to those who are saved and those that are perishing. So we want to be the aroma of Christ to the people in that area. We want them to come into the coffee shop and smell a different aroma, uh, experience a different atmosphere than what they're experiencing outside of the coffee shop. Um, We want them to become the aroma of Christ when they come to church and become believers. And then finally, we want them to go spread the aroma of Christ as they go out back to their jobs or to other parts of Taiwan or even other areas in Southeast Asia. So that's our our ministry model at our site, and uh, my specific role is to oversee our internships and our teams. So we don't just function as a site that's exclusively by itself. We host teams and interns every year that come. And so, like Paul said, I came actually as an intern to our site back in 2013, and then I came back uh, as a site associate, a four-year term in 2015. But every year, I host interns and teams, and uh, and. Do training with them, and i 'm kind of like their glorified tour guide it 's for some of them longer than others, so I think they probably get a little sick of me. Um, so I just would love to give you guys an idea of the timeline of my ministry because I know it 's a little unique. Envision is definitely unique it 's not like uh, the typical missionaries that we send out and they 're gone for a long time, you know maybe half or most of their life. We do shorter terms, so in my four years, this is kind of a layout of, of how my my time mapped out so in two thousand and fifteen I went to the, CNMA has a thing called, called Council, and they do that every three years, I think. Um, or is it every other year? Is it every other year? Yeah. So it's a big gathering where the president of our denomination gets together with a bunch of the other leaders, and it's huge. And I went to Long Beach uh, in 2015 and was commissioned there uh, and finished my accreditation, and then they sent me out. Then I began my four-year term with Envision, and... Started right out of the chute hosting 10 interns, 10 long-term interns. So these guys are coming from maybe straight out of college or like me, they were working for a few years and then they came out to the field to do an internship, anywhere from six months to two years. So I got 10 of them plopped into my lap as soon as I got there to start my four-year term, which was interesting. Uh, then I, in 2000, so I, I went through that first year and around the... Spring, actually about a year ago now, I met uh, my Taiwanese buddy. His name is Sam's. And I think I shared a little bit about Sam's when I was here in July. And I don't know if I had... I don't know if at that point he had made a commitment to Christ yet. Had he? I don't know. Well, he has since become a believer and got baptized, quit his job, and he works in the coffee shop now. So really exciting story of how he smelled the aroma, became the aroma, and now he's spreading the aroma in our coffee shop. Yeah, exciting. That, that like, God is amazing in this guy coming to know the Lord. He, when I first met him, he was studying the occult, and he wanted nothing to do with Christianity or English, which made it even more difficult for me. Um, but God is good. It wasn't me. It was him, and it was really awesome to see him um, follow Christ in baptism. Uh, then I hosted six teams and ten summer interns in the summer of 2016. Um, that's uh, That's typical. I'll have long-term interns. And then I get this big rush of interns in the summer and also uh, short-term teams. So at that point, I think I was responsible for about 18 people longer term and then these teams that kept rotating through. So it was a crazy summer. Uh, And then I came back here in uh, last July. For the LIFE conference in Kansas City, I was here to represent our site. Envision had its whole own. Did anybody go to LIFE? I know two of you did, because I brought you. Yes, there's Nolan. So yeah, they're both here. Hey, guys. So we went to LIFE together, and uh, there was a whole area set up for Envision. So I was there recruiting and uh, telling people about the opportunity to come to our Envision site. Then I went to our Envision Leadership Conference in Colorado Springs in November. Uh, that's something that all of the leaders in Envision, anybody who's a four-year term or more, is required to go to. So I came back for that uh, in Colorado in November. And then that brings us to just recently, before I left to come back here for this season, I hosted four new long-term interns and residents. And actually, Sky, the one on the bottom right, she was here in July when I came to speak um, and so you, you may remember seeing her. So she just started her two-year term. Uh, and then we're two today. Um, and this is where I'm home, completing my three-month home service. And they actually let me just do two, since I was home in July. They let me count, it, count that month. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and then when I head back this summer, I'll host six more teams and six more short-term summer interns. Then uh, this fall, I've got two new long-term interns coming. And then uh, I will attend our regional Envision leadership gathering in Thailand towards the end of this year. And then in 2018, I'm already beginning my transition out of my time serving with Envision Taipei. So it's crazy to me that two years have already gone by, and I've only got two years left. It's, it, it's Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but it's good. And I've seen some amazing things happen in just these two years, not even quite two years that I've been in Taiwan. And I want to stop and take this opportunity to thank you guys, Gateway Family, um, for partnering with me in this journey. Uh, when I talk about Sam's becoming a believer, that's not just me doing that; that's us as a church doing that. Because you guys are partnering with me, God sent us as a, us as a team, not just me. He sent us all together. Yep, I'm the hands and feet, but you guys are the purse strings keeping me out there. So I just want you guys to know, you're a part of this. So praise God for this, but also know that he's using you to do this kind of stuff. It's not just me either. You know, I'm training all these crazy interns so they can go out and they have tons of cool stories like mine. So really exciting to see what God is doing in and through us. So thank you guys very much for your support. Let's go back to uh, my devotional that my aunt gave me. So day one in this devotional is, is about the bread of life. So fitting because the first The first I am statement that I read to you was, I am the bread of life. And uh, I want to start with all of us jumping into scripture, into John. Uh, So if you want to turn to John 6.35, this is where Jesus actually makes that I am statement. John 6.35, Jesus declares, he says to them, I tell you the truth, excuse me, he declares to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Exegesis is a fun word that I also heard with a little nervous uncertainty when I first started my Christian college career. And now I like to throw it around to make myself sound smarter than I am. So for those of you that don't know, exegesis means critical explanation or interpretation of a text, especially of scripture. So I want to exegete this a little bit this morning because uh, like I told you guys, I didn't even get past the first page. Week one, like chapter one or whatever, is here. So I didn't even get to that. I I was here. And I'm like, God, I can't even get past this. Like, for some reason, the Holy Spirit said, stop, you just need to focus on this first. So I'm here, and I'm going, okay, Lord, talk to me, what do you want me to know about being, about the bread of life, right? So I prayed a little bit, got the green light to keep going, so I jumped into the first chapter, and the author decides to explain the meaning of this bread of life text by drawing on the Greek meaning of the word, life. And I realized one of the quickest ways to lose you guys as an audience is to start wordsmithing in Greek. So stay with me. It's going to be okay. I don't, I don't claim to be like a Greek, you know, like expert or anything. But this was fascinating to me. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, the, the English language kind of does a poor job of translating scripture for us. For an example, the word love, we just use one word, right? Love, 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 love. The Greek has four, and sometimes, depending on what, where you're getting your information, for me, thank you, Google, um, is uh, eight. There's sometimes even eight words for the word love. And so we can't just, if we're just using love, no wonder we're so confused as a culture on what love really is and what it really means, right? We need a little bit more interpretation, at, at the very least. So um, yeah, this, this, this idea of, of jumping into the Greek is actually kind of cool to me, because I like to know, okay, what did... What did What did Jesus actually mean when he said, I am the bread of life? Hold on. Ooh, I haven't taught for a while. This much talking. So what does he mean when he says, I am the bread of life? Uh, Life has two meanings in Greek, and so I want to walk through them together. The two meanings are bios and zoe. That's how you pronounce those. Again, thank you, Wikipedia. I did not figure that out on my own. Um, and these are the two words that are used for life in the Bible. Whenever, whenever life is described in the Bible, these are two of the most primary words used in Greek. And they mean two pretty different things. And so the first one Bios means God's gift of physical life, the fact that he actually gave us life, um, all creation to live and move and have its being. We know that. That's the physical part of who we are and how we're alive, right? But then Zoe life is different. That's actually the life that only comes from and is sustained by God's self-existent life. And this life is uh, intimately shared with us as his creation. And he does that as he pours his image into each of us and gives us the capacity through this Zoe life to have eternal life. A little different, right? Those two don't—you can't just use life to define both of those. They're pretty different types of life, right? So this was exciting. I liked that she was digging in and saying, hey, there's two types of life here that we're talking about, and we need to see how God's using these in his word. Well, it turns out that Beos' life is only used 10 times in Scripture, and guess how many times zoe is used? I'm a teacher, guys. I like interacting. Yes, guess, guess. No, okay, no, 135. Yeah, when anybody when everybody goes over the limit, you're like, oops, nope, okay, 135, right? Wow, 135, that's huge, okay? So 135 times we hear zoe life, only 10 times we hear the, the bios life. So there's, there's something to that, right? There's a reason why God's using that type of life so frequently, And as I thought about it a little bit more and I was praying and listening to the Holy Spirit, I realized we all desire life, right? Think about like when you're you're walking down the street and a car's about to come and you didn't see it till the last second. You realize in that moment how much you care about your physical life, right? Or when you get drug onto a roller coaster and you feel like you're about to lose your life, you realize how much you care about your physical life at that point, Right? So that's true of all of us, right? We all have this inherent desire to hang on to this B.L.S. life that we've been given. But wouldn't, we, wouldn't you agree that we also have this inherent desire to have Zoe life? It's in there. Think about how you interact with everything going on in your daily life. It's not just about the roof over, over my head and the, the food on, on my table. Those are important things, absolutely. And God provides those things. But think about all the other things that we're doing in our life to find meaning and to find purpose. Your job, your friendships, the books you read, the TV you watch, the things that you accumulate. All those things have some sort of value attached to them because we give them value, right? We feel like this thing is going to give me more in life. It's going to somehow create more life for me and, and give me more, more of a, an experience in this life that I might not have if I'm just focused on the roof and the food, right? So we all want it, and it's not just here either. Um, I see it in Taiwan as well, and uh, I see it here in the U.S. I see it in me even, this desire, this desperate desire for something that will, will continue to enhance life, but not just that, for something that lasts, right? We want things that last. We want experiences that last. We want things that fulfill. And how many things are we going to in this life that don't do that? They're quick fulfillments. They're quick desires met and then gone again before we can even hang on to them. We, we want to hang on to them, right? We read so much and we see so much about how you can do this and it'll improve this in your life or this will prolong this experience. We want that. We desire that. Somewhere inherently we desire that. I don't have time to unpack all of the specifics, but the one thing that I think that we can all relate to today that I wanted to talk about and touch on is that we settle for less. We want this, we want this eternal life, but for some reason we settle for less. We're okay with the things that are temporary. At least we tell ourselves that, right? Like we feel like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Like people ask, I oh, hate this about our interactions with you. How are you doing? Doing good. That's the biggest lie we tell. That one, and I have read and agreed to the terms of services. Those are the two lies that we tell constantly, right? I'm not really doing good, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm settling, right? I'm settling for what's okay. And the funny thing is, when we look at the people in our culture and the, the heroes that we see, they're not settling for less. The sports champions... The, the literary geniuses, the scientists that are making breakthrough experiments, they're not settling for less. They're moving forward to keep pursuing whatever they can to find the fulfillment, to find the whatever the thing is, you know, to get to that prize that they're looking for. But we seem to settle a lot, especially when it comes to this. Why do we always settle for just, okay, we'll just have Bios life, it'll be all right. Why do we settle? Why don't we go further for that Zoe life? So my encouragement is simple this morning. It's let's not settle. It's that, and it's that easy. It's just let's not settle. Why? Why keep settling? It's time to not settle anymore. And I love seeing this in my Taiwanese friends because it makes sense to them because they are settling. And then we tell them about Jesus and they're like, why did I ever settle for less? And they get that. It's crazy how they get that. I can't believe how my buddy Sam's gets that. Like, when I talk to him, he blows me away consistently with how he's growing and learning more about what it means to find Zoe life and to be fulfilled by Zoe life. He gets it, and he wants it. And it's like, dude, you're making me go, am I, am I still getting it? Like, am I still going for that? Because I feel like I'm settling right now. And it's so encouraging to me. Um, yeah, let's not settle. Let's stop treating our relationship with God like a one-night stand. Let that sit in for a second. How often do we treat church on Sunday like a one-night stand? We come here, we're involved in the moment, and then we're gone. And sometimes we don't even want people to know that we come to church on Sunday, right? Like, that's how oftentimes we treat our relationship with the Lord, if we're really going to get down to the brass tacks about it. And why? Why do we do that? Why don't we go further? And the funny thing is, Jesus doesn't say, I'm the bread of life, but you can't have any. But how many of us treat it that way? How many of us are like, I don't get to, I don't get that. That's over there on the table for those people. That's really good. Enjoy, right? But we don't take it for ourselves. Jesus is offering it freely. I'm the bread of life. Take it, right? He says in in John 6, he says, He who believes in me will never, he who who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Don't we want that? I, I want that. And I, oh, I stink at it, you guys. It's not like I'm saying I've got this perfectly worked out, it's a daily thing for me. It's getting up every morning and going, God, I want the Zoe life today, but I'm, I'm believing the lie right now this morning that I don't deserve it, that you've given the bread of life to some people but not to me. And why? I, I'm not going to settle for that anymore. I want to know why. I want to start rebuking the lies of the enemy, and I want to start agreeing with the truth that says I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not go hungry. We got to stop being hungry. Nobody wants to follow somebody who's starving. If I'm trying to share the gospel with somebody, they're like, you are so malnourished, and you just want the donut in my pocket. What are you doing? I don't want what you have. You want what I've got. Let's be honest here, right? Because they're not seeing us fulfilled in that bread of life, in that Zoe life. And, and people in Taiwan call your, your bluff, too. I, I, I caught on to that right away. People knew right away when I was blowing smoke or when I was telling the truth, and when I was really encountering God and they could see it. That's how my buddy Sam's came to know the Lord. I went on and on and on about my broken Chinese and my Google Translate to try to tell him about my formulated presentation of the gospel. And he comes back to me with, well, I heard a spirit tell me that everything that you're saying is true, and that was a good spirit that I've never heard before. It's like, okay, that had nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah. so it's, But, you know, it's, that's a submissive, okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this bread, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chomp on it, I don't even know if it's going to fulfill me. I think it is. It doesn't fulfill me like some of the instant gratification I you know, flip through the channels to see on TV or the donuts that I eat, but I gotta believe you, God, that there's something more. That you say, I am the bread of life, so there's gotta be something more there. I wanna tell you guys two quick testimonies. I think I still have a little bit of time. So uh, I, I, basically, my role in Taiwan is to oversee all the whiteies, all the white people that come and intern and go on mission trips and pat themselves on the back for the great job they did coming and, you know, Training and learning how to live in a culture and not be the big whiteys that they all come in as. So um, I, I do mostly that, okay? And I, I really love it. I'm not, I'm not dogging on that at all. I actually really, really love that. And I love seeing people grow and change. Um, it's part of being a teacher, too, I think. I just, I love it. I love seeing people grow and change. I love the light bulb moments that go off. And the eternal ones, when that eternal light bulb goes off, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better. Um, Two of my, two people that I, I feel like God has me uh, in their path right now. The first one is my buddy Tim. I and love this guy. Um, he, the first time I met him, I was going to the gym, and he was one of the workers at the gym, and uh, he, he, he wants to practice his English, so he says, hello. And I said, hey man, how's it going? And he goes, I just see that you are so happy and so full of joy. Why? And then that started our friendship. So now he trains me for much cheaper than you would ever do it in the States, by the way. Um, He's my trainer. And yes, I'm still in training. But he's training me. And uh, it's going well. And um, he asked me a question the other day. He said, what's your purpose in life? And that was like, this is the million-dollar question that I want to be asked. What's my purpose in life, right? Right. Unfortunately, this was right after we had gotten done working out, and we were sitting right next to the restaurant in the gym, and one of the waiters came out and slipped and fell, and then there was paramedics, and I didn't get to answer the question. Yeah, the guy was okay. But anyways, the point, like, I didn't get to actually tell the story, what is my purpose in life, right? But I I thought, okay, wait a minute now, I can't can't be gone for two months, like, Lord, I don't want a Messiah complex here, like, I know that you're going to work in his life anyway, but I... I really want to continue this connection that I'm making with him and continue this relationship because he just asked me the breakout question. Like, I don't want to leave that opportunity on the wayside. So I I told him, Tim, let's let's Skype once a week while I'm home because I need to practice my Chinese. Otherwise, my Chinese teacher, who I'm going to talk about next, will be angry. Um, And I want to, and not unbeknownst to him, I want to continue this connection, you know, so we can have some good conversations. So Tim is not a believer yet. He has not professed faith in Jesus yet. And Tim's got a pretty good life. He's a pretty good looking guy. He's, a, he's, you know, he's, a, he's going to get his master's right now. He's a single, uh, he's the only kid in his family. His parents love him. He's a really nice guy. He, he doesn't see his need. But that doesn't mean that God's not working. So I'm continuing on in this relationship with him. So if you think about it, please pray for Tim. Man, when we all prayed for Sam's, it was like, and he was done, right? So pray for this guy. If 400 of us are praying for this guy, it shouldn't take too long, right? So pray for Tim. The next person is. I want you to pray for Miss Hao. Actually, in in Chinese, I call her. I call her Hao Laoshi, which means Teacher Hao. That's her last name, and she is the cutest little Taiwanese lady that you could ever meet. I meet with her every morning for two hours, Tuesday through Friday. And, you know, language is such an amazing connection point. When you can, and when you learn language from somebody, and she and I laugh so much, she probably thinks I'm crazy. But I I love my interactions with her because I can get that woman to laugh pretty much daily. By something dumb I say or by something that I string together. You know, as parents, like when your kids make a cool sentence and they're like, Dada, I like the milk in my mouth. And, you know, oh, that's so cute. That's totally how she is with me. She's like... That is so cute that you can say that sentence in Chinese. No one else will understand you, but I did, and it's, it's beautiful. So this connection that I have with her is so great, you guys. She just, I just love this lady so much, and I, I've had a couple opportunities to share a little bit with her, um, and so just pray for her that more opportunities will come through. This woman's probably in her, I don't know, but she's probably in like her 60s, maybe early 70s, and she spent her whole life in a culture that worships idols and fears God, doesn't love God, doesn't understand a loving relationship with God. So that's pretty deeply seated in who she is, but it doesn't mean that God still can't break through, even, even after 70 years of being in the dark. So pray that she'll be exposed to the light. And she's probably getting a little bit through me, because I'm a little bright sometimes. Um, but uh, she, yeah, pray that she'll, pray that God will work through me, um, and they want more. These two, I can see that they're not satisfied with, with Bios' life. They want Zoe life. And they see it. I think they see it a little bit in, in Jesus in me. It's not me. I think they see a little bit of a Jesus in me. When Tim says, You look so happy, I'm like, actually, I feel really crappy today. Sorry for saying crappy. But um, I, okay, cool. I must have been Jesus doing a little autopilot while I was not showing it myself. So, um, last thing that I want to share with you guys, I love this verse. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That's who the thief is in our life. And a lot of times, he does it with sugary donuts and the Kardashians. (laughs) Right? He's keeping us engaged in that C R A P word that I just used. Um, This is who he is, and we gotta call him out for it. Taiwanese people know who he is. My Taiwanese friend knew right away the spirit that was speaking to him, because he's very aware of the spiritual. And I hope that as a church in the, in the U.S., I'm not just talking about our church, but I mean holistically, I hope that we start to wake up to the fact that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the spiritual, and we have the authority of Jesus on our side. So we don't need to be afraid, but we, we should not sit around and act like B.L.'s life is all that there is for us, because other people aren't interested in that. They can get that in plenty of other places, they don't need it from us. We've got to offer them that Zoe life. And we only offer that because Jesus says, I have come, I have come that they may have life. And not just have life, but I'll take a note from our good friend Joel Osteen, have it to the full. Like, have full life. It doesn't mean that you're going to be rich and famous, those are bios parts of life. Have full, zoe life. And that's when people are going to start to go, I want whatever it is that you're taking, whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that you're living through. And you guys, it's as simple as just not settling. And it can start today. That's the thing that I think Satan hates the most, is that we think we gotta come up with some whoops, we think we gotta come up with some big game plan. No, just don't settle. Just stop settling. Just wake up tomorrow morning or go home today and say, God, start giving me a taste of that Zoe bread, because I want that life. And that's the life that I want to offer to my Taiwanese friends. And that's the life that God wants us to be taking for ourselves every day, not just passing on to the next person, taking on for ourselves. Let's pray. God, thank you for your bread of life. Thank you that you are that Zoe life and that you offer it to us, Jesus. I pray that in my life, and all of our lives, God, we will stop settling for less. We will start pursuing you, God. It's hard. It is putting down the remote. It is saying no to the things in this life that are temporary satisfactions. But God, I pray that we'll just trust. We'll trust and know that you have more. God, thank you so much for this church. God, I just thank you that you work in such amazing ways that you bring together a body of people that you send out. And maybe only send it out through one of us. But you're with me, God, and you're with us as we go out as a team. And I'm so thankful mm-hmm. for that, God.
1: Mm-hmm. I see so many
0: people in Taiwan that are worshiping false idols, empty gods, and they're in fear. They're doing all of these different ritualistic things because of fear of what that God is going to do to them and how different of a God do we have. Not only do you love us, not only do you say you're with us, you offer us freely this bread of life, Amen. this bread of eternal life. God, I pray that in all of our hearts. It doesn't matter where we're at. You didn't, pro, you didn't say to Mary Magdalene when everybody was holding the stones, hey, go clean up a little bit first and then I'll be your advocate. You were right there with her. So God, regardless of where we're at this morning, I pray that you just remind us even in all of our mess and filth and whatever it is and all of our little idols that we're hanging on to God you're ready to just with open arms receive us God I pray that we'll open our arms we'll let all that stuff drop to the wayside and that we'll pursue you God for that Zoe life thank you, thank you, thank you God for the love that you have for us and the pursuit of our hearts that you continually are on God and I pray that we'll just turn around and see it and embrace it and receive it in your name